This is the Almost Awakened Podcast, a no-nonsense approach to spirituality with your hosts, Brittany Hartley and Bill Reel. Here we dive deep into the wisdom traditions while acknowledging insightful breakthroughs in science, psychology, and human development. Our goal is to explore the good life and the very best of spirituality, no nonsense required. Check us out at almostawaken.org, where you can check out past episodes, make a donation, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources we shared. And now, today's podcast episode. Brittany Hartley, how are you doing today? I'm good, Bill. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Uh, the reason, folks, you're seeing Brittany Hartley on the screen is because we have partnered up where we are revamping the Almost Awakened podcast, and uh, we're going to co-host this thing together. I'm very excited. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm super excited, too. I have been <clears throat> without a co-host for a long time, and uh, there is something important about having another voice to bounce ideas off of, uh, whether it's just the two of us having a conversation or uh, interviewing somebody. And I think it adds a lot to the show. And so I'm super excited uh, for this chance to uh, sit down with you and kind of introduce you to the audience. I think a lot of people that listen to my work are going to know uh, know you because you've sat alongside me on a lot of other episodes for a lot of podcasts and uh, helped add some expertise to historical and other kinds of conversations that we've had. But let's, um, I don't know how you want to kick this off. Let's start by talking about you and getting the audience familiar with you. And I'm just, I'm super excited for this. So uh, Brittany, tell me, tell the audience, maybe uh, you and uh, your expertise, where you've spent your time, um, what qualifies you to, to be able to sit in these conversations where we sit with a almost awakened audience and offer them, as the subtitle there says, a no-nonsense approach to spirituality. All right. Yeah, my name is Brittany Hartley. Uh, my friends call me Brit, so I usually just go by Brit. And uh, for those who have followed Bill Real for the past, how long have you been podcasting now, Bill? Almost a decade, right? Almost a decade, nine Almost years. Almost a yeah. decade. And I was one of the first people a long time ago. For, so for those who have taken that journey with Bill, um, I'm really excited to be here because every time either I will be interviewing Bill or Bill is interviewing me, um, you know, we've changed. We've changed on this journey and we've been able to be a witness to each other's journeys, um, which just makes these conversations between me and Bill so fun. Um, so I have a master's degree in the future of American religion. I'm, uh, I'm at all but dissertation in a relational theology doctorate. I'm an ordained Sufi. Um, I'm a Mormon scholar. I wrote a book called uh, Mormon Philosophy. Um, I'm a spiritual director. I'm a certified meditation teacher. All these kinds of, you know, things that I've done in the past 10 years uh, exploring spirituality. But the most important kind of reason that I'm here is that Bill and I have this similar goal of trying to take this baby out of the bathwater, trying to take this baby of spirituality out of the bathwater of religion. And so I have my feet in various uh, religious traditions. I'm always traveling and learning and uh, talking with people from a variety of religious traditions and wisdom traditions because I'm trying to pull out this wisdom um, to move spirituality into the modern world. So that's what I do as a spiritual director now. I'm really helping to people to um, find their spiritual home, to build their spiritual home. And that can be uh, helping someone deconstruct on that end. Or on the other end, if someone has totally deconstructed and now they need to reconstruct, it can be also on the other end as well. And so what Bill and I are so interested in is um, this place. There's a lot of words for it. Um, some call it secular church or secular Buddhism or humanism, rational mysticism, atheistic mysticism, yoga, nuanced Christianity. There's all these kinds of words. Often they have two words because this language is just so new and undeveloped where we're trying to get at the heart of something without kind of taking on 
some of the supernatural that maybe we just have a hard time believing in or some of the, you know, toxicity that's crept into organized religion. And we're trying to kind of find our way through that path. And so the conversations we want to have here on Almost Awakened are the conversations that Bill and I just love to have, which is mm. we're just talking with people who are in this in-between space trying to navigate their way, trying to do ritual and gratitude and awe and relationships and spirituality and connection, um, often outside the pews. And this is brand new. This is brand new for humanity. This is why the language is really tricky. Um, this is why uh, we're just kind of at the cusp of this as a culture. People are leaving churches, but um, we haven't replaced it with secular spirituality yet. And so this is just an exciting new frontier that um, Bill and I would just love to talk about um, anyway. And so it made sense for us to team up together to have these conversations that I really hope are helpful for people because um, there's a lot of people, and this is kind of the audience that we're hoping to reach. There's a lot of people who are um, maybe they've deconstructed a religious tradition, but they haven't yet replaced it, right? So someone will die and we don't know how to process that. Someone will get married. We don't know how to represent that. And so um, it's just really, really exciting to be a part of this kind of new direction for humanity, which is trying to trying to do spirituality better than has done in the past. So wow. that's who I am. That's why we're here. What do you What do you have to add to that, Bill? Man, you are—you got me with all of it. Like I—I'm sitting here listening to you, and I'm smiling. I feel like I'm grinning ear to ear. I—I'm uh, already excited for the conversations that are going to take place. People—people people probably dismiss my spiritual side because I'm so often <laughs> spending time helping people deconstruct religion. But you use the word awe in what you just said. To me, spirituality is the moments um, when you're present and in awe of what's going on around you. And whether it's something coming up inside of you, whether it's something something happening outside of you. And what I've really done when this podcast started a couple of years ago, my goal was to just talk about second half of life things and to pull from the wisdom traditions, which is your expertise. And it's, it's really, I'm just thrilled to imagine the conversations that we're going to have over the next year. Um, but it's more than that. It's it's anything we can do to help humans show up having more tools and resources to be their better self, to be to be healthy, to um, be accountable to their own mechanisms, to be able to uh, interact with others and respond in healthy ways. And I'm I'm interested in not just the Eastern wisdom or the wisdom that is found all across the globe. I'm I'm interested in wisdom that's found within uh, psychology. Um, uh, I was talking to you when we were kind of planning on putting these conversations together, what we both brought to the table. And I just, I love taboo topics too. I love to help people understand and negotiate sexuality better. I, I want to help people uh, to understand maybe how some uh, conscious altering tools work. And this is going to be a place where both of us have kind of a different emphasis, but our end goal, I think has really been the same since you and I met each other. And uh, I've always felt from you uh, a motivation to help humans out and to really work on yourself as well. And I've just seen so much growth in you and over the years. And when you just gave that intro spiel of who you are, there's so much depth there. I just can't wait to dig into. So super excited uh, for these conversations. It's very exciting. Something that gives me a lot of meaning is to the, be the person that I needed as, at a certain place. And so I don't know if you remember this, Bill, but you know our relationship started because you were one of the first people as I'm emailing you and I'm kind of deconstructing and this would be a decade ago. And um, you were the first person in my life to tell me that I wasn't broken. Mm. And it, it, was, it was the bond that formed was, was when you told me that. And of course, we've grown a lot since then, and we've learned a lot about, you know, human nature and how the brain works that we didn't know then. Um, but that's where we started is just you saying, hey, I don't I don't think you're broken. I think you're growing into something. And that was the first time someone said that to me. And so now to be on the other side and to be doing actually work where I'm meeting with people and I get to be that person for someone else to look at someone and say, this tension that you're feeling, it feels like you're going to die. 
It feels like you're dying. It feels like you're falling, but you're not, you're not, you're not broken. You're growing into something and I'm going to, I'm going to hold your hand and I'm going to witness this journey with you. So you've, you've um, been one of those people for me. And so now to, to continue that and, and do that for other people gives me a lot of meaning in my life. So yeah. this is going to be really, really good. Yeah. We're going to bring you... the conversations that we want to have. Yeah. Um, which I think is where a lot of other people are, are too, which is, um, you know, there's a, there's a group in Boise. So I live in Boise, Idaho for anyone, um, who's listening in the area. Um, and you know, there's a group of, of, uh, ex Mormons I'll say who, who meet every Sunday at a bar. And I went a couple times when I was first deconstructing and they just kind of would, would drink alcohol and on a Sunday morning and talk about how bad the church is. And that is a totally appropriate phase of deconstruction. Mm -hmm. But I can't imagine 10 years every Sunday going and getting a beer and talking about how bad something was, right? Yeah. After a while, you can't stay there. Wherever yeah. that place is of anger and pain and uh, rejection of, of religion or rejection of certain aspects of, of spirituality or religious trauma, these are the, the, the anger and the pain are, it's holy, it's holy anger. And it's a phase that we have to go through. But we're in this phase now where we're, people are starting to look around and say, I can't stay here. I don't know how to raise my kids. I don't know how to connect to something bigger than myself because I'm really struggling with this word God, or I don't, my mom just died. And now I have to mourn her all over again, because I'm really facing death for the first time without, mm. without, um, this kind of religious security blanket or, or I don't know how to celebrate my child's, you know, rites and, and rituals for these really important ages as they're growing up. And so we're starting to look around and say, okay, we, people are deconstructing America. We, we see all the reports, America's leaving churches, we're leaving the pews. Um, but eventually we all kind of have to get off our high horses and look around and say, okay, well then we're responsible for doing something better. And that is hard. And yeah. that is hard work and requires hopefully all the conversations that we're going to, we're going to provide on this podcast. That's going to be um, helpful because we can't stay in that place. Man. Um, let's talk for a moment. Just uh, there's things we want to introduce and kind of bring up here for the viewers and listeners, but um Let's separate for a moment religion from spirituality. They're not exactly opposites, but they're sure as hell not the same thing. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of people, as they're deconstructing religion, they throw spirituality into the, the toy box with it. And then when they take it out to the, the trash, they assume they have to carry the whole thing out. Your thoughts on religion and spirituality and, and what each of those mean and, and specifically how, how spirituality dif differentiates itself from religion so that we don't have to throw it away. Yeah. So I, I usually, this is maybe somewhere where we might differ, which is okay. Those are really fun places too. When we differ. Yeah, I, like um, it. I, I tend to use when I'm talking about religion specifically as like you're sitting in a pew. Um, I, I tend to call that organized religion. Um, and for me, when I use the word religion, I tend to use that definition as whatever you're doing to orient yourself in, in the universe. You're born, you're thrown into, into this chaotic universe, the universe births you and you have no idea why. And whatever you do to kind of orient yourself, I call religion. So now some people may not like that and that's okay. That's okay. We, you know, I'm flexible as I work with people. But what I see is that someone will say, I hate religion, but then I'll look at their life and they still are orienting themselves in the universe in some way. They have relationships and they don't listen to sermons, but they'll listen to TED Talks. They don't sing hymns, but they have a team and they wear that team's jersey and they go to stadiums and they sing all together and it does something for them. And then they you know, maybe they don't read scripture, but they're super into astrology and it's how they're kind of orienting human nature. And so I'll look at their life and they'll say, you know, oh, I reject religion. And I'll say, okay, like I, I can go there with you, but we're so human and we have these spiritual needs that we end up replacing it anyway with all these different kinds of things. And so for me, I think we're all doing religion. 
because I think we are all trying to uh, fill these human needs of of ritual and, and connection and meaning of life and what do we do when we die. We all have to face those things by being human. Um, so I think that we're all doing religion and you can do that and we can all do that better. And this podcast is about learning how to do that better. And then I kind of reserved the term organized religion for, um, you know, what people usually frame as religion. And then for spirituality, my, my kind of definition of that is just connection, just connection to your deepest self, connection to others, connection to life itself, connection to, um, nature connection to, you know, spirituality, I just called you're very deeply connected. And the times in my life when I felt, um, not very spiritual are the times when I'm just, I'm I'm, I'm disconnected. I'm numb. I'm just watching Netflix, trying to get through the day. You know, that's a very disconnected way of, of going through life. And I've, I've gone through those phases as a human. Um, and so for me, spirituality means connectedness. And for me, religion is what we do to kind of orient ourselves in the world. And I think that we're all doing that because we're all human. And that's, that's the place then where I'm able to then learn from all these different religions. I have one foot in, you know, at least 10 different religious traditions. Um, and I can do that because I'm learning I'm learning these tools and skills of how to do religion better, how to orient ourselves in the universe better so that we're living meaningful lives. And, um, yeah. <laughs> You're muted, Bill. So sorry about that. So okay, go. The, they are a little different to me. This is where we would disagree maybe is that I see religion as something external. Religion is something outside of me. I go check out the, you know, whatever religion, the Buddhist religion. I go check out the uh, Methodist religion. And I think external groups that utilize myths to create a system um, often impose on us that we compromise important pieces of ourselves so as to fit in with the group. And I, I can go there. I would just only say then under that definition, you know, political parties are then religions. Yeah. CrossFit's yeah. a religion. Yeah. You know, because yeah, it is. Because you're you're creating, if you take a political party, and this is something we'll I'm sure we'll talk about on our podcast, you know, there are prophets and there are people who are in and people who are out. And there's a this is the vision of what we want America to be. There's a heaven. I mean, it, it functions like a religion. We often see that um, when people leave religion, if you haven't kind of navigated that chaos of leaving religion and leaving God, it's very easy to then fall into this trap of, uh, okay, now being a left wing, whatever is now my new religion. And then you're going to say to people that you're not religious. That's when I like to call out kind yeah. of what's going in the post religious world is that people will say I'm not religious, but then they'll ask people uh, something like Black Lives Matter. That is how they are judging whether people are in or people are out. And they act as if a way, as if it's a, as if it's a religion. And so I just, I just want to call out that, um, that we have to be careful in the post, in the post religious world to say, Oh, I'm not doing religion. I'm just doing spirituality. Well, we still kind of fill those holes in different ways, you know, um, keto warriors, that's, it sometimes acts like a religion too. And so sometimes I feel like we just have to, um, realize that this is a human trait and not say they're religious and I'm not, because that's when mm. things I think get very in or out on the other side, right? Mm. That's something we have to be aware of is ex Mormonism, for example, functions like a religion. Sometimes it has mm. its own prophets. It has its own scripture. It has its own it has its own language. It has its own acronyms. You know, in some ways it functions like a religion. And so to say, to be on that side and say, well, I'm not religious. That's where I like to push back on people and say, well, let's look closer here because you may have outgrown God, but um, have you really outgrown this religious tendency? Right. So I, I think what, what we want to be about on this podcast is like just recognizing these are human needs and we can do it better. And we can learn from a lot of places, including organized religions, on how to do better, on how to do yeah. life better. 
There's a lot of things that religion does very well, um, and we ought to figure out ways to incorporate that into a second half of life where we have the support system in the community, uh, which I think is at least one of the things that religion does well. Spirituality for me is much more internal. It's um, how do I be, I hate saying my best self, so I always say better self. How can I be my better self and connect with people and the world around me? And uh, and show up in ways that is authentic, um, and allows me to, I don't know, to to pursue improving and pursue growth, pursue learning. And when those moments of insight or growth happen, where you realize you're doing something different, and it is, as I said earlier, and you mentioned the word, where I feel a feeling of awe. To me, those are those moments that I at least assign the word spirituality. Um, you, we, we created a new logo for the show. I actually used it last week, and I got about halfway into the episode, and I realized I should have saved it for when you were on. So this is my bad, because you're the one who created this, or at least went out and uh, somehow made this uh, come about. So I wanted to put it up on the screen and uh, give people a, uh, a chance to, to see it. Let me put something else up here in a moment and take off that and uh there it is yeah yeah so if anybody's familiar with the old almost awakened logo it was very animated there was a lot going on uh there were parts of things about it i really loved and there were things i i didn't like as much and uh when you and i had a conversation behind the scenes of joining up forces uh i said i said let's let's since we're starting new we're kind of revamping this and remodeling it and you're on board I said, let's revamp this logo too. And, and you said, I'll go off and come up with some ideas. And you sent this back and I fell in love with it. Maybe tell the audience a little bit about uh, your thoughts here. Cause it's, as you put it, it was a much more simple approach. Yeah. So, uh, so the spiral here is something that I use a lot in, in some of my personal mm. branding. Um, and what it, what it goes back to is this idea of a labyrinth. So this is, uh, my trade, by the way, is, you know, before I had children, I have four young children at home. Um, but before I had children, I was a history teacher. And so you'll hear that come out of me from time to time. Um, and back in early Christianity, holy pilgrimages were really important to the religion to travel, to take time in your life to go travel to a site that had a holy relic. Um, it's very important in this, in Islam as, as well, even in Judaism to go back to the Holy land. So in the three Abrahamic religions, we have this idea of pilgrimage mm. to go, to take a journey somewhere and have that journey change you. Right. And this started out as a physical thing, but then during the crusades, it became so dangerous for, uh, people to travel that instead of maybe traveling to see, some, you know, relic in the Holy Land, what churches would do, these big, you know, medieval cathedrals, what they would do is they would create a labyrinth on the floor. And you can actually look up, um, there's a labyrinth map of the world, and you'll find them in spiritual sites all around the world. Whenever I travel, I try to find the nearest one. Um, I've been to many. And all it is, is, you know, you kind of enter a maze, and you walk around, and it has a middle, and then you walk out. And it was to be in place of a religious pilgrimage because it was too dangerous to travel. And so I love this. So the idea of the labyrinth is that you start on the outside. And as you walk to the center, you're just kind of opening up this conversation within yourself. Uh, what are the truths that I, that I need to say but haven't said? What are the things that are calling me that I haven't leaned into yet? Where, where's the tension in my life? You know, you're just trying, as you're walking, you're imagining that you're walking deeper and deeper into your own soul. And I use the word soul, even though that has no kind of metaphysical meaning for me. Um, just your deepest self. So you're walking. Yeah, beautiful. So you're walking to, um, to a center. And then when you get to the center, you spend some time there. Um, really just listening to what does my inner self have to say to me right now? And you just really sit with that deepest part of yourself on this kind of little maze journey that you've made. And then after you kind of, you know, have whatever conversation you have with yourself, whatever shows up as your um, 
subconscious is talking to your conscious self there. Then as you walk out, you start to think about how can I take this and better connect to the world around me? You know, maybe um, there's some truth in a relationship I need to say, um, and I want to know how to navigate that. So I'm going to think about that as I come out. And so it's this journey of going further within and then also connecting deeper to the outside world. And you're just continually going back and forth in this labyrinth kind of pilgrimage journey. And so for our logo, I'd use the spiral there um, to really just indicate that what we're doing every time that we come on this podcast is we're going deeper within, but we're also connecting deeper to the world. So that may be um, whatever science things that we're going to talk about or psychology or relationships or the work that you're doing in the world or um, all these wonderful things going on in the world. We're going to connect deeper to that too. But we're going to do that because we're also connecting deeper to ourselves. And it's a process of going in and out, in and out, right? Um, and so it's just this is just kind of a shout out to this labyrinth work, which was a really port important for early Christians, um, really important spiritual practice, spiritual ritual that I've actually really come to love. Um, so it's speaking to that. Yeah, I love I love the spiral. And it reminds me of Ken Wilber and spiral dynamics and this idea that in our lives, we're constantly revisiting the same topics, the same um mechanisms that are inside of us, the the same kinds of events, even though each event maybe is a little different. And each time as, as our life experience increases, as we age, as we become more aware of the world around us and of everything going on inside of us, we come back to a, a thing that we visited. Maybe we visited it two years ago and we come back to it again, but we're different this time when we encounter it. We're not the same person we were two years ago. And so as we constantly um, review and go over different things in our life, uh, we have the chance so many times to, to do something again. Maybe we're dealing with death, as you pointed out earlier. And now this time, as I deal with death, it's different than the last time because I now have added experience that's happened in between. And uh, so we get the chance to show up differently. Mm -hmm. And there is this progress, but this progress is for a lack of a better word, it, it's, it is that two step forward, one step back, and we're constantly learning and changing and shifting and growing. And so I love that. And you've obviously taken some concepts out of the original logo and you've got a person there and their mind is essentially being expanded. And, but the, the one thing I wanted to point to was when you and I were talking originally, the whole idea started because I had invited uh, female voices to essentially uh, reach out to me if they wanted to start a podcast and you did and your episode was incredible and, and you wanted the name of the podcast to be a no-nonsense approach to spirituality and and then after that was done you and I had a conversation and uh, we decided that'd be really fun to join up together and to co-host and so we're kind of combining the Almost Awakened podcast with uh, your concept here of a no-nonsense approach to spirituality. What do you mean by that as, as we use that as a subtitle? Yeah, it's it's really about spirituality that doesn't have to focus on on the supernatural. And there may be a supernatural, there may not there may not be. Um, I don't know. I'm at the point, you know, I'm just I'm just comfortable in saying I don't know. One of the biggest shifts for me personally, and this is a really personal uh really big transition in my life is that most religions do story first. So this is the Adam and Eve story or whatever, <clears throat> whatever the story is. Then you move into commandments. These are the ethics. These are the way to live. And then you move into being, there's supposed to be some kind of transformation in your being. So most religions start with story then commandments, then being. And what the interesting thing about mysticism um, and one of the reasons why I engage in Sufism, which we'll talk about at some point in this podcast, is it flips it up. It flips it upside down. It does the reverse. So we're going to start with being. We're going to start with transformation. We're going to start with this deepening of the self. 
and then we'll do ethics because it's a lot easier once you really meet yourself and meet others to say you shouldn't kill people. Well, you know, once I really recognize that I am you and you are me, those ethics are a lot easier. And then we do story at the end. And that's the place that we're, where we play. And so what I love about spiritual, what I love about the mystic traditions is that by focusing on kind of that being and transformation and connecting first and then playing in ethics and then playing in story is that you still get all these lovely, um, all these lovely stories and symbolism and all this beautiful stuff, but you don't have to hold on to it literally. You don't have to say, because I resonate with this story, therefore, whatever statement you want to make about God. That's where we get tripped up as humans. When we look at all the statements we've made about God in human history, even someone who's a dedicated believer in whatever God um, would look at that list and say, 99% of that list just looks like hogwash to me, right? Because we take that story and we cling to it and we make it kind of, you know, our metaphysical reality. And that's where religion kind of takes a wrong turn. And then when people start rejecting that story, because it just doesn't make sense to them as far as what we know from science, um, you know, then, then they'll start to throw away spirituality with it and then there'll be something lost. So this approach to spirituality, we're, we're doing spirituality. We are talking about stories. We are talking about religion. We are um, talking about all these things, but we're doing it as a no nonsense approach, meaning um, we're not making big ultimate claims on reality and saying that you have to believe this thing in order to access the spirituality. We're just going straight to the spirituality and we're leaving a kind of the nonsense and some of the questions that either don't have answers or they have multiple answers. We're just kind of, kind of leave that to the side because we just don't know so much. Um, but we can still really live a meaningful life without having, this was the big switch for me, um, without having the perfect ultimate reality story. You can still find a way to live a meaningful, connected life. And that's what we're trying to move into um, in the 21st century here. We're trying to move into, okay, everybody's got a different story. We've mostly been wrong about most stories. How do we recreate society? How do we recreate families? How do we do the spirituality thing when we don't know so much? And it's just that shift there. Um, it's a subtle shift, but it's a really big one, I think, where we're doing spirituality, but you do not have to take any nonsense while doing it. Yeah, it seems as though there is this space where on the first half of life, we believe so many of these stories to be literally true. And then as you're deconstructing your story, at least for me, I came to a point where I completely recognize it's all myth, all of it, everything. Um, there isn't a story about my life that isn't at least partially untrue. Uh, my memories are partially untrue. Um, my relationships are to some degree myth. And what you, what I've realized along the way is that, you know, we're all interconnected, all life, including the universe itself, and we're all alone, all by ourselves. And so as I deconstructed, there was a point where I completely let go of the stories. And I just didn't trust any story to be um, at the end of the day, highly valuable to me. Like the idea that America is the greatest country on earth. Right. And the reality is I think it ranks like 14th to 17th on the, the national indicators of happiness and well-being and uh, educational opportunities and all the ways that they judge that. And, and so I just threw all the myths out. I said, you know, they're all BS. And uh, then I, what I did was I went back and said, okay, they're myth. And now I'm still going to use them. There's still ways to take these stories, even the religious stories and narratives, and use them to um, better yourself and to learn yeah. more about yourself and to figure out how to better show up on this planet, taking care of each other and and the planet itself and the life on it. And yeah. so I'm, I'm excited for these. It's so important what you're talking about is is kind of it's it's reconstructing our relationship with myth. So it's very common, maybe even healthy in in a certain phase to really just kind of I'm throwing out all these myths. But then you realize, you know, if you want to live in a place where there is no myth, 
That means, I mean, money is a myth. Yeah. The idea that this is a country is a myth. Mm. This, you know, we're just surrounded by myths. And so if you want to live in a mythless place, you're really going to have to go live in a cave. And so if rather than do that, we need to, it's this shift where uh, I'm not going to throw all this away. I'm just going to change my relationship with it. So there's a comment there by Jacob. I wonder if you could put up, Bill. It just says that so many people have been turned off by the term spirituality because there's this fear that at the end of this phrase, someone's going to sneak in a Jesus or a religion or a come get baptized here, right? And so you're just kind of on edge, you know, when you're hearing people talk about spirituality. And that is just a common response when you have been raised in religion. Um, and in atheistic circles, it's called Jesus smuggling where you're talking. And then all of a sudden there's like a smuggle in of Jesus somewhere. And so when I talk about no nonsense spirituality, we're, we're going to do deep dives into spirituality, but we're never going to say at the end of it, this is the story. This is the, of all the thousands of millions of myths, this is the myth. And now you need to go sign up to be baptized into whatever the thing is. Um, and so it's doing spirituality while resisting that te te temptation. And this temptation is on both sides of the religious divide, right? That temptation to say, this is the thing. This is the order of the universe. I'm sure of it. I'm sticking with it. I don't see it any other way. Um, really resisting that temptation. And instead, we're just exploring and that opportunity to explore and to get all the juicy bits and all the gems from all these beautiful stories, these myths that have been passed down. Sometimes these myths have been passed down for thousands of generations. And that's for a reason. There's something interesting going on that's that's resonating with us or resonating with some aspect of human nature. We can play there and get all those wisdom gems, but we don't have to believe that Zeus is actually on Mount Olympus. We don't have to do that final step. And that's what uh, no-nonsense spirituality is about for me. Yeah, I love it. Uh, somebody here put the the thought up. In my opinion, Brittany's describing humanism, which basically says to live the best moral life in our society secularly without having to include the term spirituality in the mix. And I'll just say uh, I'm all for the term spirituality because I think there is something, though not supernatural, there's something magical happening inside us when we when we take serious the present moment in the life we have to live yeah i have two things to say so for humanism there is um an aspect of humanism and we're actually going to talk to a humanist next week on the podcast um but there's an aspect of humanism that just puts down religion right and so i really like i i really like people who do I would call myself much more of a religious humanist than a humanist because I do think that rather than throw this entire box of wisdom away, we just have to pull it out, right? And yeah. sometimes there is a tendency in humanism to just throw just throw the baby and the bathwater out. And so what we're trying to do is we're still, before we throw it all out, let's dig out the best gems um, and so sometimes that's called religious humanism. And the language is very hard. The, the language all around is very hard. I think about how to say things um, right or how I want to say things all the time because these terms are just, they have sometimes thousands of years of baggage, um, but we don't have secular terms for these spiritual phenomena. And so we end up kind of using these religious terms like spirituality or religion or church or, you know, supernatural we end up using these terms, um, and that's why we have so many dual terms like like a mystic atheist or things like that, because the language is undeveloped. We haven't made this language yet as humans. Mm. We haven't yet in human history. We have never organized as a society without kind of a grand narrative story about some supernatural thing. Um even in, you know, someone might say, you know, the Soviet Union or something like that. The Soviet Union, that's a religion without a God. You know, they still worshipped the top leader as if you would a God. We've never really as a human society done, done um, 
you know, done society without the supernatural. And so we are creating these words. That's why the words are really tricky. And so I just hope that the audience can understand if you get triggered by this word or you prefer this word over that word, do do the translating in your head that's most helpful for you because there's just not perfect language for the world that we're talking about because it's not developed yet. We're, we're in it. We're doing it right now. These conversations are creating new language. And so I just the hope that the audience can, um, if you need to translate something that I say to a word that makes better sense to you, um, please do that so that because these words, they're just really tricky. Yeah, I love that. You're you're pointing to this. We've hit this new moment in human history. In the past, I think because of a lack of the internet, I think is at least one big tool that has helped, but there's probably a host of them. In the past, when you were a member of a tribe or a system, you really had no way to see the forest from the trees. You couldn't step back. And we now live in a world where because of the internet, you can be exposed to diversity of ideas, of people, of myths, of systems, really from your own chair and your own office of your own home. And you can be exposed to things that can show you that the world is much bigger than, than the tribal narrative and system that was handed to you, regardless of whether that's a religious system or a political one or a country. And so you can start if you want, if you if you're open to thinking about these things and you've to some degree woke up, you can start to digest all of this stuff and you can sense how different the world is away from your own tribe and it really empowers you to start to collect and put together the best of ideas and you can begin to challenge yourself in ways that I think Today, the majority of the population could do, and in the past, the majority of the population had almost no access to. And I think it's a game changer. And so as you're pointing out, here we are, 2022, over the course of the next decade or two or three, and probably 100 years, we're going to begin to create um, a way to approach the world and the universe that doesn't require us to believe in the absurd mm -hmm. and rather to gravitate towards the things that are reasonable and helpful and more healthy. That, I mean, that just, that the, the end, you just really nailed it, Bill, of what we're trying to do here, because <clears throat> something like, um, something like ritual, you know, the post-religious were really suspicious of ritual. You know, we don't like to get involved with, with rituals because often in religion, you had to do whatever your tribe said, this is the ritual that gets you into heaven. And every tribe has the ritual that gets there. You know, they're the special people. They have the ritual. They have the ritual that gets you into heaven. And this is very common. And then we have teenagers these days who have been kind of born on the internet and they look at all these thousands of um, religions who all claim to be the special chosen people who all have the religion, the ritual to get you into heaven and they just can't make sense of it and they just kind of throw it all out. But then science is showing us over and over that rituals help us process things. So there'll be studies done where a group of people will go in and uh, they'll say, one of you is going to win $500. And one person actually does. They give one person $500 and they walk out and the people in there have some disappointment. And so they take one group of people has to write about how disappointed they are and they kind of rate it and scale it. And then they have another group of people that will do something. They'll write out their feelings. They'll rip it up and throw salt on it and burn it. Just some random made up kind of processing of the event that just happened. And afterwards, scientifically, it shows that the group that kind of did some kind of ritual, even one that's made up, processed that disappointment faster. They were over mm. it. They processed it out of their bodies. They got over it. They're done. Whereas the people who didn't were disappointed for the rest of the day and they kind of held on to that emotion. And so science is showing us, hey, some of these things that religions have um, in them, like rituals, are something are things that we need. And so you're right that we're on this cusp of we're having to learn how to secularize better because we've secularized badly. And if all we have to offer our children is commercials and, and uh, capitalism and that kind of stuff, 
then then they're really going to miss some of these tools like rituals that help you process and come back to yourself in the world. They're very helpful psychologically. Um, but then if you leave religion, how do you just make up rituals? Well, that's what we're all doing. That's what we're all trying to figure out. We're trying to recreate, create these things. So, um, we're right at the cusp of something really exciting, but it's not, it's not here yet. We're creating it with hopefully Bill and I are doing our part by, by having some really cool conversations, some really helpful conversations that help us to, um, pull out that gem, something like rituals, so that you start to look at your life and you actually make every person should have a liturgical calendar. These are the things that we do on these days. It doesn't have to be supernatural, but it's very good, for example, for children to have rituals, things that you do on different days, foods that you eat to celebrate different times. Um, these are important things that religion has had the monopoly on and we've got to pull it out in order to secularize better. Man, I love it. That's such deep stuff. Um, the format of the show, you mentioned the conversations that we're going to have. Um, you and I have been talking behind the scenes, I, th I think, and, and correct me if I am misunderstanding kind of what we've laid out, but it, it feels like what we're going to try to do is, uh, we'll try to get together about half the time for uh, conversations together where either you and I are hashing out a topic and bouncing ideas off each other, or we're, we're sitting down and interviewing somebody. And then the other half of the time will kind of be split in half between uh, you doing either a monologue or maybe you'll interview somebody on your own, uh, where I do a monologue or inter interview somebody on my own. And it'll give you, know, you and I a chance in those moments where something happens and we just want to get out and talk about it the next day. Uh, we can sit down and record a conversation where we're just working out our own thoughts. And then there'll be a lot of time spent where you and I are working together uh, to to interview uh, somebody who has some expertise in some area that can help us better think about the world uh, or show up in the world uh, better. And um, other times where maybe the two of us can just pick a fun topic and share the insights that we've gained as we've delved into that. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited because this is we're we're modeling because we're not we're we're what is Brene Brown said we we are the map makers and we are the pilgrims. We are the journeymen, you know, because we're very much on this journey. So I'm hoping as we do kind of individual content, we'll be able to do some deep dives into hey, this experience happened to me. This is what I'm feeling, this is how I'm processing it, this is how I'm um, this is uh, maybe somewhere where I changed, I changed my mind or I changed my approach because we're on this journey too. We're not expert on this language or how to do this or how to do life. And we're still in it trying to figure out how to do relationships, how to do community, how to raise children. My children are very young. It's something I think about a lot. So for these deep dives, we're just really going to get raw because we're on this path to trying to figure it out just, just like everybody else. Mm. And um, then we're going to have conversations, you and me, where we get to dive into something, um, which we just love to do anyway. So we'll just be really be recording conversations that Bill and I would do even if no one was listening. Yeah. And then we're really going to invest some time into some really top guests who are we're talking about this wave here. We're at the cusp of this wave, this big change in society. And there's there's a lot of people doing really, really amazing work in this space. And we're going to bring them in and talk about um, their expertise. So hopefully those three things that we'll do will be helpful for people. And we are in this journey just as much as anyone else is. Um, and, and just as this podcast continues, please send us questions or guests that you would like or things that you wish that we would talk about that may be helpful for you um, because we're, we're creating this as we go as, as two people who are also trying to figure out life. Um, we both have a lot of education over the past three years as we've kind of been in these worlds, but we're also still learning a lot. Yeah. So please, you know, please reach out to us. And then something I will say, um, is that one of the reasons that secular churches fail is because when you are part of an organized religion, you are usually required to pay something. Usually it's 10, if it's 10% or something like that in order that professional people can do this as their job and, and to make the church worth going to. And 
so what I would challenge you is that if you were essentially storytellers on the side of the road, just talking, but if the story made you stop, if you were walking down the street and you heard Bill and I talking about something and it resonated with you, just like you would with someone playing a beautiful piece of music by the side of the road or someone painting, you know, doing freelance art on the side of the road, um, you know, it's worth it to throw a couple bucks in because that's what enables us to do this. And part of the shift as we're going from religion to trying to get people's voices magnified, the voices that you would like to hear, part of that transition is also that these people need to be financially supported, just like the best people in religion, the really dynamic kind of speakers, they, they make money, right? They make money in religion. And so um, part of this is also I, I saw someone donate to the podcast and it just really touches me because part of the reason that we're able to do this is is from from people supporting us. So also, if you ever find yourself listening to this podcast and thinking, wow, if that was a storyteller on the side of the road, I would throw that storyteller a couple bucks in his hat because that resonated with me, um, then then I invite you to do that with this too, because that's what enables us to do this. Yeah. And so folks, just, uh, just a note, Tom, thank you. Tom sent 25 bucks. That's our, that's our first donation, Britt. So yeah. it's exciting. Yeah. Um, you can make a donation. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can make a donation there to the right. You can also go to almostawakened.org, click the donate button. And uh, we've got a goal in 2022 to raise $10,000 and uh, I think, and I'm hopeful that our conversations that we have over the course of this year will be well worth uh, us getting there collectively to that 10,000 mark. I think we'll, we'll add a lot of um, resources and tools into the other side of having done the deconstruction and now it's time to put something back together that is useful and helps us to live a more full life. And so I'm excited for that. Thank you, Tom. Um, I wanted to give you a moment because one of the things you offer, Britt, is coaching. And I wanted to give you a moment to talk about how that got started, what you do, and where people can find out more about that. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm a spiritual director with the um, with non-religious spirituality. That's the, uh, the outfit that um, gave me my certification. And what it is, is, you know, we like to call it, you're, you're a midwife to spiritual transformation. And so that can be from any direction. And what it, it's often cheaper than therapy, because therapists, you'll go in and you'll pay, usually now it's over $100 an hour to, um, you know, you want to work on your marriage, or you want to, um, you're struggling with your kid who's struggling with something, you want to fix something, right? And what spiritual direction is, is, is deeper work, is deeper work with your, whether or not you believe in a metaphysical one, deeper work with your soul. So these would be questions like, what is the meaning of my life? How do I have a sense of a moral code or a morality? What kind of rituals do I want to have in my family? What, um, what's the meaning of my life? What, how do I um, improve my relationship with whatever it is that's bigger than me? Um, and often it's it's people turn to it for things like dark nights of the soul. If you're if you're in a space where you're having just a really existential kind of crisis, that's where spiritual directors are trained to do that work. Um, and it's really. Uh, it's really, really beautiful work because as when I go in, I don't know um, what a person is struggling with or what they believe. It's really like walking into someone's spiritual home. And so I'll walk in and I'll just say, you know, there's a wall here that if we took down this wall, kind of open up the flow or what there's, there's a whole garage of relics from your ancestors. Let's go through this together and find out what you'd like to put in your home. Let you know what what color would you like to put here? It's it's like a DIY project with someone's spiritual home, and so it's it's really beautiful work that I love to do, and it's work that I was doing anyway. When you start kind of uh, when you start these kinds of conversations, people will find you, 
And I just found out that I opened my inbox one day and there was emails. My kid just came out gay. What do I do? I'm in a mixed faith marriage. What do I do? I left religion and now I believe in nothing and I completely lost my identity and I don't even know how to make right from wrong anymore. Help me. And my inbox was full of these kinds of messages. And so I was already doing this work anyway. And so I wanted to learn how to do it better. And it's also a really beautiful place because I, I've always been interested in spirituality or religion, but I'm not a pastor. I don't have a community. I don't have a platform. I didn't have a way to, to use the things that I've learned and interact with humanity in any way. It was just my own personal spiritual journey. Um, and so I, I really love this work gives me a lot of meaning in my life and um, it's really helping others to find their spiritual path, especially those who um, I really, the work I really love doing is the deconstruction reconstruction journey uh, because a lot of people were really helpful for me when I got stuck and there was at least three or four places where I got stuck on that journey and I needed someone to help me out of some place where I was trapped and so now just having learned so much about that journey and gotten so many tools from so many places academically and religiously and personally and spiritually, um, I really love um, hold, being able to hold someone's hand um, through that process. And so if that's you, you can always check out my website at No Nonsense Spirituality and um reach out to me and I would love if you really just need someone to hold your hand and witness something happening within you that you don't have words yet to, or you don't know how to do this tension. Um, if you're needing help in that place, that really, really deep soul place, um, spiritual directors are, are, um, that's the place for you because they really often go deeper than, than what therapists um, will often do and often for cheaper um, than, than a traditional therapist. Yeah. I love it. We've got the site there up on the screen. No nonsense, spirituality.com. Um, you've got one of those labyrinths there, right there on the front. I do. It's, it's very, it's a, it's a really cool image. And uh, my tagline is spiritual direction for the modern age. So it's, it's the, it's the bishop or the pastor that you've always wanted, which is not someone to say, this is just how to do it. Read the scripture and go do this thing. But one who will really dig in and sit with you um, when you feel like you're having a dark night of the soul. That's the place where I really love to sit with people because there's a lot of people in my life who sat with me in those places. And um, so that work is very meaningful to me. Yeah, I love it. I, I've got to say, you know, I've known you again for almost a decade because that's how long I've been doing podcasting. And we met yeah. really, we met really early on. I think you were one of the first listeners to reach out and say, "Hey, hey, Bill, real, I'm I'm listening to you and and finding value." And so, um, I actually it didn't go like that. <laughs> if you remember, I said, "Bill, real, you're doing something that I think is really valuable." Also, you haven't brought up women once. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I then I sat down with you. Yeah. So then we sat down and we had a recorded conversation. Yeah. Cause yeah. women often, um, women and men often deconstruct and reconstruct in different ways. And so it was something, um, that you hadn't gotten into yet on the podcast. And then we started to start at this lovely discussion that ended us here, which is just so lovely. Yeah. Very circle of life. Yeah. And having known you for that amount of time and we've had the chance to, you know, be in person together at various things. I, I admire you a ton and it's, you've really put the hard work in, you really have developed uh, an understanding of how all these things can be meshed together and utilized. And you're really going to bring a completely different perspective and approach than I do. There'll be a ton of overlap. I think we'll agree far and wide more than we disagree, but you really have your, your expertise in areas that I haven't spent as much time in and maybe vice versa. And I think we're going to complement each other a ton and I'm really excited to get started. And we're going to be doing that really next week as we kind of jump into it. Do you want to tell our audience about uh, the conversation that's going to take place next week, hopefully? And 
we can kind of tease that out a little bit. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, so the guest that we're going to have next week is Bart Campolo, and he runs a podcast called Humanize Me. And he is the son of Tony Campolo, who um, is a really, really big uh, Christian. I don't know what you'd call him. Christian pastor, Christian even evangelist and um, had a very public deconstruction and is now, you know, working on the humanism side and uh, you know, probably one of the most visible uh, people in this kind of world that we're talking about because he was the son of such a big and popular and well-respected Christian evangelist to then deconstruct and deconstruct publicly and then become a humanist chaplain at USC. Um, it was, he started, you know, he started a conversation because it was, it was just, it was just such a big deal at the time in the broader Christian community. And so we're really excited to bring him in and talking, talk to him about his story and talk to him about uh, what he's doing with humanism and talk to him about this whole reconstruction um, part of the journey, because what people don't realize is, um, sometimes it's really sexy. Someone said it's really sexy to deconstruct, but reconstruction is really hard. And that's true. It's, it's, it's just like with building a house, it's a lot easier to, um, burn one to the ground than it is to build one that you would call your home. Those mm -hmm. are, one is a lot easier than the other. And so we're really digging into this space of trying to find people who have not just deconstructed, but reconstructed a really, really beautiful, sophisticated kind of spiritual life. Um, and really just kind of picking their brain on how they do that. And he was one of the first people who really publicly kind of went through that journey. And so we're, we're excited to have him next week. And then I, we have a lot of cool guests kind of on our on our calendar and a lot of really interesting conversations. And what I love about you, Bill, is that um, I've been doing this journey really by myself. I'm, 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 I think more introverted than you are. And I just, I've been just kind of reading books and writing just in my own bedroom. But what I love about what you've done um, is that your journey has been so public and that just takes just an incredible amount of strength and moral courage and vulnerability that your previous selves are online. I can pull up a podcast of things that you've said as a previous self, and we can listen to those things. And I, my journey wasn't public like that. This was, this was all, um, you know, just personal to me, something I was doing on my own. And then now just trying to find a way to connect, you know, I'm finding a way to, to connect to, to humanity more, more meaningfully, but but you're my hero in just kind of how your journey and your previous selves and your transformation has all been out there. And that's not easy to do. And that's not easy to stay public like you have been for so long. So I, I just really, I really appreciate kind of this platform that you've made that I'm able to come on and the, and uh, I can't tell you audience how excited Bill and I are for the conversations that we have coming up. Yeah. I'm super thrilled. And it starts uh, again next week. Uh, I, I'm going to pronounce his name, Bart Campolo, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Perfect. So I'm excited for that. And, uh, and we'll kind of jump right into it and begin having fascinating conversations uh, about all that goes into a no, a no nonsense approach to spirituality. Uh, Britt, anything else before we kind of close out this episode? I feel like we, we covered all the things we wanted to introducing you talking about the logo, uh, the format of the show and uh, mentioning your coaching in the, the guest for next week to kind of kick us off into high gear. Uh, anything from you before we close up? To just for the, just for the people listening and I'm, I'm talking and I'm reading all these comments also. And just um, if this is something that is resonating with you, please share it with other people who are in this space because there's more of us than we realize. We just, we've just all been kind of doing this on, on our own. And so I'm excited to, um, you know, meet people and make this community and make these conversations. Um, so reach out to us on, on what you'd like to see and share it with friends who, you know, are, are in this space because there's more of us trying to, trying to do this kind of second half of life. than we realize we just, 
we we've never had a church where we could just all sit down and find each other and so we have to do that little bit of extra effort to to find each other but uh please please share us and and if something resonates please send what you can to support us and please you know comments and questions really give us a lot to to know what is what conversations are most helpful to you yeah there were a couple of donations after the first one lc donated a couple of bucks we appreciate that very much uh kirk r sent us 15 dollars. thank you very much uh again as you pointed out earlier good articulate people with ideas uh, we need to support those people so that they can continue to uh, invest themselves in sharing themselves and uh, those ideas that they have so appreciate the donations that came in um if nothing else we can take off from here my friend all right. We look forward to it. We have a really, really great lineup coming up for you guys. Yeah. Have a great day, guys. And uh, look forward to the next episode of the Almost Awakened podcast, a no-nonsense approach to spirituality. Goodbye, Britt. Bye, Bill. Take it easy. This has been another Almost Awakened episode. Check us out at almostawakened.org, where you can check out past episodes, make a donation to keep this podcast running, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources shared in today's episode. For coaching opportunities or extra support, visit nonsense spirituality.com to meet with certified spiritual director Brittany Hartley.